2: Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Picture the scene. Two members of Russia's military intelligence agency fly to England armed only with a fake bottle of perfume filled with a deadly nerve agent. They travel to one of our rural cities and liberally spray the poison around, potentially contaminating an entire area. They target a former KGB agent and his daughter, almost killing them, uh, and accidentally cause the death of an innocent British woman in the process. Now, uh, Ruslan Voshirov and Alexander Petrov have been charged with attempted murder. And where it goes from here is anybody these guests. Uh, We're going to be talking to an expert uh, who says there is a terrifying prospect of an escalating global war to come. 03444991000. Meanwhile, over in America, everyone's getting their knickers in a twist over an anonymous piece of journalism, declaring the White House to be effectively a cage for a madman. How much more ridiculous are the anti-Trump brigade going to get? I'll be telling you why I don't believe it, why I think whoever has written that uh, is in fact sitting right inside the building of the New York Times in uh, New York City. 03444991000. Katie Perrier is here as well and we're going live throughout the show to Westminster where the Dog of the Year prize is being handed out uh, we'll be talking to Ross Kempsel, who is our of course political editor. You're listening to me Mike Graham and Katie Perrier on Talk Radio
3: The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio
2: But anyway listen we haven't got an awful lot of time to discuss this Trump piece right but I really want to get to this Just because well, I'll tell you what because... I'll tell you what right I have never read such a load of old self-serving nonsense in my entire life. The idea I was having an argument with my daughter last night she's over in America America at the moment, right? And she was going on about how terrible it all is and how dreadful it is. And have you read this piece in the New York Times? And the guy's a danger to the world and all of this. And it is the most self serving rubbish that I've ever heard, right? Apart from the fact that it's full of backhanded compliments about how well he's doing in certain areas of, of his job and how well uh, he is actually turning the country into a less of a basket case economically, uh, saying things like uh, there are bright spots, you know, effective deregulation, historic tax reform, a more robust military and more, this guy, whoever he is or a woman, are making out that they are single-handedly saving us from the Trump world. That if it wasn't for them, you know, he'd be ripping up the world he'd be setting fire to Syria he'd be bombing the hell out of India you know, he'd be killing people in China I mean, i tell you what, if I had the ability to throw this in a bloody dustbin, I would. That's how bad it is Right. Why are you so angry about it? Because I think it's misdirected and it's not journalism and it is uh, is dishonest and it is all of the things that I hate about people who don't like Donald Trump. And I don't even like Donald Trump, but I'm defending him now because of the sort of people that attack him.
0: Well, I actually think, and a lot of people at home won't have read this piece, but basically someone... From in, someone inside the administration, if you believe it to be true, I which I do it. and Mike doesn't, someone from inside the, the administration has anonymously written a piece saying, look, we've done some good things. America is a safer place as a result of Donald Trump. However, uh, he's uh, got serious problems with the way that he conducts himself. And there is an operation that goes on now within the White House to make sure that he, that he doesn't follow... We, we don't follow his agenda to the letter because we are very worried about the future of our nation, yeah. country well, listen, if we go down that route. Listen, can I just and point so, out something to you? right? Donald
2: Trump was elected absolutely. president of the United States of America. Whoever this bozo is was not elected. Absolutely. I don't need somebody like that telling me how he's going to safeguard the nation because, to be honest, I want to know more about you and you're anonymous, you're frightened, you're a, you're a pipsqueak, hiding behind a curtain, get lost.
0: You're damn right they're frightened. They're frightened because they're working for someone in the Well, why don't they, the they just quit then? They're, they're frightened because, well, some people would say that some of those people around Donald Trump are not quitting because... They're frightened of what he will do when there isn't a circle around oh, him really? to, to kind of control oh, come him. come on. Now, you know, I've worked for do politicians for the last 20 years, and I can absolutely relate to this piece. I can relate to this piece because I have been in meetings where everybody's gone, oh, yeah yep yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great idea yep yeah, yep yeah. and come out the room and everybody's got, got together in the corridor and gone we are not doing that that is an absolutely crazy idea for one two three reasons and why didn't we speak up in the room well there's a culture of fear there's a culture of bullying there's a culture of pecking order there's all kinds of reasons why you don't speak up in the room you know you're you want that job that you have so rather all of your life rather, trying to get hang
2: on you'd rather single-handedly protect the rest of us right even though we don't know who you are or how you got hired or what you're doing for this particular guy for all i know you're doing him favours in the bedroom as well and you're stopping him from doing what he was elected to do because you think he's wrong. Well first of all you can
0: certainly not put that at my my door in terms of favours in the bedroom but uh, yes because when you work in places like this it's more than just a job, it's more than just a salary and a paycheck, it's It's a a responsibility. (laughs) You have a massive responsibility on your shoulders all day long to try try and do the right thing. I didn't ask you to do it. That's naturally the environment that you're in, you know, you are chosen from lots and lots of different people because you have that ability to make sure that you care about this you live it you breathe it that's why there's so many divorces in Westminster that's why because they're just addicted to the job and they're trying to do their best I mean people that were before me yeah, but I, I will never want... criticise them and people that are after me inside number 10 I I'll never criticise them because the job is absolutely all encompassing yeah and uh, they have the responsibility on their shoulders to do the right thing. So, you know what? If I was just a paper pusher and I just ticked the box and that was fine and in everything, they, and I wouldn't care. But the reason why I'd phone up ministers and freak out at them, because I'd read a piece of the paper and say, this is not good enough. People should not have to put up with this. And I would berate that minister until that minister would come back to me, because I was at number 10 Downing Street and they weren't, with a plan of action as to how they're going uh, to uh-huh. solve that. Yeah, but that the was the responsibility is, though, I had on my yeah, shoulders. Well, that, well, that, that is well, that... no different from the pe- person that's writing if this that letter, exists. if that person exists. Uh, There's writing this email today, that letter today, to say... The, the, the concerns and the worries they have from within White House. I think it's a legitimate thing to do. Rubbish. And I think it's an absolute well, window They should, have the, uh, they should have
2: the cojones to put their name to it and they should walk out the door because that is the greatest safeguard and the greatest insurance you can ever have. By being out in the open, nobody's going to bother you, nobody's going to touch you. Trump is not the world's most scary man. He is not the world's most scary leader. You know, he is a democratically elected president of the United States of America. This bozo is not.
0: Well, you could say you could have said that about me after a year. Well, I don't number, want to be unkind. In, in, a year after inside signed number ten, I could have turned. You could have said to me at any time, "Why you hated it at some, certain point. Why didn't you turn around and just leave?" There is a hundred different reasons why you don't turn around and just leave. You know, you have your you have a big bunker team mentality where you all know it's... Blooming horrible, but you are all trying to cover each other's back and make sure that you're in it together. You start bailing out on everybody. You know that's not really the done thing. And so there's a hundred reasons why not. The reason why yeah, the I think the reason why Katie. I think that some of these things are genuine is because it reflects what other people have said. This isn't just something on its own. I could Bob, have written what, it. Bob Woodward. Yes, you, you possibly could have. But Bob Woodward's book that's out at the moment that is interviewed with yeah you know, hundreds of hours of interviews yeah, yeah. with people around Trump. He's an absolute... And he's written books on, on president, Trump, uh, president Bush he's before. He's written books on... Written loads every, of books. I think he's written Bob a book Wood on Bob Woodward's an excellent journalist. But Bob Woodward, on, but Bob Woodward doesn't put a book out president.
2: pretending to be somebody he's not. Bob Woodward puts his name on it. Bob Woodward does the hard work. I this bozo, we don't know who he is. We don't know what he's
0: done. Th- I agree with you on that. But you can't knock the contents of it when it reflects yes, so clearly what other well, people no, are writing about no, President Trump. It reflects, You're living right, in a dream world, no, Mike. No, I'm
2: not the one living in a dream world. It reflects the views of the people... People who didn't vote for Donald Trump, they want him to be a monster. They want him to be incompetent. They want him to be crazy. They want him to have the mind of a six-year-old. In actual fact, he's being a pretty good president thus far. I don't knock and I think some of the things he's done. Will, you will find yourself agreeing with me very, very soon. I
0: defended Donald Trump on radio not, only the other day. I don't knock some of the things he's done. But this is reflects exactly what other respected journalists have written uh, in books in the last couple of weeks. So, so, what, so it's not what does a, it add to It's the, not an isolated all right, okay, incident. All right, so what it's, does it
2: add to the general conversation? Nothing.
0: It what it adds to the general conversation is about you know what how do you do you take president you know what he says with a pinch of salt how do you treat some of the things he says in, in the world that, what, what, what do we do yeah, what do we do about it when he says something What does it something? tell us that
2: we don't already know? People who don't like Trump don't like anything he does. People who do like him like everything he does. That's the way of the world. That's now. not
0: true because I like some of the things he does and I absolutely hate him. So no. that's not true at all. Okay, well, unfortunately, we're out of time. You're trying so to put I us in
2: boxes. I can't slap you around anymore, obviously, <laughs> metaphorically speaking, because that's not the sort of behaviour we get involved in not here. Not unless I slap uh, you the back. Republic of my, my friend. friend. I've been so used,
1: I've been so
2: This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham 03444991000. Linus tweeted in, he says, I would like nothing better than to see Viagogo go out of business. Tickets I bought for Billy Joel concert last year never appeared. I tried to get compensation for hotel books in London to no avail. Tickets were refunded, but a whole weekend was ruined. Absolutely awful company. And that's the story uh, that you're saying there's an awful lot of. Let's talk to Nigel Adams MP, uh, who's leading the fight against Viagogo, uh, to try and bring them to book and to try and get them uh, to behave like a properly responsible company. Nigel, a very good uh, morning to you. Thanks for joining us.
0: Hi, Nigel. Hi, good morning.
3: Good morning uh, to you
0: both. Thank I mean, you.
2: it's a shocking state of affairs, this with Viagogo. I've seen the letter that they wrote uh, to your colleague uh, Damien Collins here, um, where they basically say they've taken legal advice and it would appear that if they attend uh, any kind of um, committee hearing at the House of Commons, uh, they're likely to jeopardise their position. I mean, how can they get away with this?
3: Well, it's not the first time that Viagogo have refused to appear in front of a parliamentary committee. Mm. Um, It's completely disrespectful. It makes them look really shifty, even shiftier than uh, most people think they are. Um, And the idea that they come up with this court action against Ed Sheeran's promoter uh, a couple of days before having to answer questions from MPs, um, having done it previously, Many people, including me, will suspect it was just a diversionary tactic to come up with this court case. Um, and, and the other thing is, why would you bring a court case in Germany mm. against the British company? It just didn't make any sense. Um, you know, I suspect. I suspect any court would um, laugh it out right. you know, if, it, if it was heard in the UK. No, but, indeed. Uh, I mean, how, anyway, how I does just it work? Just Sorry. Sorry,
2: I was going to say, how does it work? I was explaining to Katie that, you know, I was under the impression that ticket touting, as it used to be known, is in fact illegal, and, and I see it uh, going on outside of shows, I see it going on outside of uh, football grounds and all of that, but this is a sort of company which is almost doing it on an industrial scale.
3: Well, they are a resale site, so they um, even though they purport through their advertising uh, that they're the official... Sites for buying tickets for shows and gigs right. uh, and events. Uh, they're not. They're, they are a, a platform, uh, a website platform, to resale tickets. So they're not any form of official seller, even though they purport to be. Yeah. Um, and resale of tickets is not illegal. There are genuine reasons why people can't go to shows and, the, and people want to uh, move those tickets on. Um, unfortunately, what we've seen... Um, in recent years is literally an industrial-scale touting Mm. of uh, tickets for popular events. So there are individuals there that have been using computer software bots, as they're sometimes referred to. There are teams of people with multiple credit cards and multiple identities hoovering hoovering up tickets and placing them on secondary sites like the Agogo and historically like... Um, Get me in and Seatwave and the StubHub as well, which is owned by eBay. Right. These are these are all secondary sites where you are going to pay an inflated price for a ticket but that's what i am conf- but that's what yeah. i'm
2: confused about sorry to interrupt you nigel because on the one hand yes of course tickets can be resold because as you say quite often circumstances mean that you can't make a show or something <laughs> like that but i thought a markup uh i.e um a sort of, uh, whether or not the markup is huge i don't know i thought the marking up of, of resale tickets was what was illegal is it not
3: no it's not right. no um you know it's a uh, Relatively free market principle okay. that you know people can pay whatever whatever price um, they want to for. A ticket and, and true free marketeers will argue that point. It's not that
0: point that you've got a problem with. It's the fact that this is quite a dishonest way to behave when you don't have the tickets to sell in the first place or indeed they don't show up or, um, you know, there's, there's lots of different... We're having people t- text into the show this morning telling us of their individual stories with iGoGo and this just seems to be so many of them, Nigel.
3: It is. It, it, there's an a absolute list, as, as long as you like, of uh, cases where people have been ripped off by Viagogo. Um, and they, the CMA, the Competition and Markets Authority, had an in- investigation into a number of resale sites recently. And in the last couple of weeks, they've announced they are going to be taking Viagogo to court for basically breaking laws that we introduced um, four years ago mm. so that there was transparency... On tickets uh, that were being resold or any ticket had to have for example row number seat number had to have the face value advertised as well and and consistently uh, Viagoga have just been breaking the law so I'm really pleased that the CMA is taking court action against them Um, and then there are artists there are promoters admittedly big artists who are taking uh, taking this on as well? By Ed Sheeran saying that no tickets could be resold for his tour mm. meant um, they actually approached all the resale companies. Uh, the promoter of Ed Sheeran uh, approached all the reselling companies and said, "Please do not resell these tickets <clears throat> because if you do, um, people will be denied entry. They have to be bought through um, the official." Channel and it made it very clear on the tickets that right. uh, if these tickets had been bought through resale, they would be invalid. Right. Yet still, Viagogo sold thousands of tickets online for that Ed Sheeran tour. Yeah. So I, I was at one of the gigs in the um, in the refund exchange in the exchange booths for Viagogo, and there's literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people queuing up because they'd realised through media or whatever that these tickets. Uh, were invalid, so they had to get a uh, they had to buy a new ticket at, 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 um, at face value, and then get the refund from Via Gogo. So they blatantly um, disregarded what the insurance promoter said. They now say that they're taking him to court, which is nonsense. Um, so yeah, they are a very bad operator uh, in this ticket space. All we want them to do is to follow the law. All, so all we want them to do. Um, All we can ask them to do is to follow the the existing consumer protection laws. And as of now, as of up to now, they're not doing that.
2: And what about the uh, business of their accounts? Because they are based, I believe, in Switzerland, which means that you can't sort of access their accounts. They're thought to be worth something like $300 million or something like that. Clearly, um, you know, they are a very, very profitable company. um, And yet we seem to be powerless as as a nation to stop them from doing whatever they like.
3: It's very difficult because they, they do hide behind quite a complicated company structure that I don't think anybody's got to the bottom of um, unless you actually work for the organization. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they do have um, companies based all all over the globe, mm. and it, it's very difficult to to pin them down. What I can tell you is that they, you know, if you look at their advertising, if you look at their website, you know, they are selling and presumably receiving multiple um, times the value of event and, and gig tickets. I, I remember a year or so ago speaking to the people who put the Harry Potter musical on mm. in the West End, and uh, they, they were having to turn people away because, you know, people in tears because they would paid thousands of pounds for these tickets. They were then given the option of buying one at face value and getting a refund. The Hamilton musical, Viagogo were listing tickets that weren't even on sale. So, the, I mean, that to me just smacked as if it was fraudulent. You yeah. It was thousands, thousands of pounds for a ticket to go see a show where the tickets haven't been. But if, <laughs> haven't but, been if they,
2: but if they, in fact, then give that money back, which I think most people say they do, what's in it for them to, 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 to get money from people which they know they're going to have to return if they haven't got the tickets?
3: Well, I'm assuming they, they work on the principle that not enough people will pursue them to oh, get the money maybe. You know, not everybody will have gone back to them to try and get their refund for the assurance. Right. So if they're working on that principle, then then the quid's in because but they're not actually actually that's, Surely that's
2: criminal activity, isn't
3: it? Well, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? And, and another player that needs to be brought to account in this is Google. You know, this is a trusted um, global brand mm. that if you put a simple search in for more or less any ticket now, it will pop up on Google via Gogo in the first, uh, if not the first... Uh, search return as an official ticket uh, mm. avenue for for a particular show, and they're not. Right. So, it's, you know, well, I'm reading here that, tr- that
2: although Scottish Rugby Union, ATP Tennis have ended their relationship with Viagogo, as have Sainsburys, Manchester City apparently still operate a ticket resale partnership with them.
3: Yeah, I mean that. You know, that you, you've got to speak get Man City on and and ask why they are partnering partnering with a business that is consistently broken UK law, yeah. um, you know, it, it, it's um, in, in, an incredibly becoming an incredibly unpopular brand, yet still people are partnering with them. Still, Google are bringing them up at the front of their searches. So people who are panicking to buy a ticket for a show, I mean, that actually reminds me of a very uh, uh, odd story because uh, uh, earlier, um, later last week, uh, myself and my kids were trying to buy um, tickets for a group called Panic at the Disco, oh, yeah. um, and they literally sold out within thirty seconds. But there they were on Viagogo at multiples of the of the uh, face value. Oh, yeah. So it's still it's still going on. Google need to get their act together. They are effectively helping um, a company like Viagogo break the law, and via, and Google know this. They need they really need. To start um, getting their actor together as well; otherwise, they're beginning to sully their brand.
0: Absolutely, and I hope that in front of the competitions and Markets Authority, and indeed the uh, D- the DCMS Select Committee, will you know raise awareness of this to make sure that people you know are turned off from buying from sites like this and go elsewhere for the tickets. And if nothing else, we know from today's conversation, Nigel, that you are truly down with the kids. I've never heard of that band in my life.
3: Oh, fantastic. You must go see them. All righty. Okay. They, yeah. Fair Their leaks <laughs> yeah, is amazing. You must go and
2: watch them. <laughs> All right, Nigel, listen, thanks very much indeed for taking the time to talk to us. Nigel Adams MP. It seems extraordinary that we as a nation Just are, let them get away are with kind this. of, uh, you know, toothless and, and unable to block a company which is operating effectively illegally in this country
0: from abroad. Nigel's been campaigning on this for years and it is time something happened. It, we should call out Google on things like this yeah. and say that you're a multi-corporate, you know, corporate, you're a huge multi-conglomerate brand you are across the world in terms of what you do you should be held to account in the countries that you operate we should not stand for this any longer no
2: absolutely right
3: it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm
0: breeze relax
3: and think about
0: work you really really want it all to work out while you're away
1: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight-loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash
2: weightloss.
3: The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
0: That little bit of hope when my back's up against the ropes. I can feel it. Mm, I'm the world's greatest.
2: This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham, thousand is the number. Uh, the show is almost over, Katie, but I'm glad to say that you're here tomorrow as well, aren't you? I am. So you'll be able to present the Carrier Awards. In person. Once again, in person. No You fake did news them here. so well last uh, last week, and so we'll be looking forward to that. Right now, though, uh, we're going to talk to Julian Clary, uh, who's one of my favourite ever comedians i'm not a massive fan of comedians as you know uh, but i'm going to tell you a little story before we talk to him i was sent to find him in new york many many years ago when i was working there back in about probably early 90s and he was doing a show downtown somewhere a very small club he was the funniest thing i'd ever seen and i was sent there by the editor of today at the newspaper at the time who said this guy's going to be massive and he was right he was absolutely brilliant julian's there now i think julian very good uh, afternoon to you
1: good afternoon Hello, Mike. How funny that you remember that. That was the ballroom, I think it was. I think it
2: was. You were wearing a pink suit, I seem to remember.
1: I know, but no one came to see me apart from you. (laughs) We did our first night and they filled it. And I remember the second night, there were 12 people there.
2: Yeah, it was fantastic, though. You told me
0: you were very naughty. It was of
2: course. it was. It was. We're not going to talk about that today, though, because we're going to talk about your new book, uh, which is uh, The Bowls in Trouble, your fourth book. And forgive me for not knowing about this, but I didn't realise it was a series you'd already started three books ago.
1: Yes, well, you're not a child, you see, because these are these are for children.
2: I'm often accused of being very immature. <laughs> he acts like
1: one, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, this is The Bold's in Trouble, and it's... Um, I can't stop writing these, Mike mm. and Katie. It's, they're about a, a family of hyenas who are living disguised as human beings in a suburban street in Teddington. <laughs> and... Um, This is the fourth one, The Bold's in Trouble, and it's about urban foxes. Mm. And um, you know what foxes are like. Yeah. They move into the street and they start going down bins and cat flaps and stealing food. And uh, all the residents are very upset. So they're going to get the pest control people in. But because the bolds are very, they like to help and save other animals. They move the foxes into their house. And that is where the trouble begins. I don't want to give the whole book away.
2: No, okay. And you're a bit familiar with Teddington, right, aren't you?
1: Well, yeah, I grew up in Teddington in a house just like the Bolds. So this is all kind of like flashbacks from my life.
0: (laughs) But what is it about hyenas then? What do you like about them so much to carry on writing so many books about them?
1: They laugh a lot and so do I. And I wanted to write a funny story for children. I've spent 30 years making grown-ups laugh and it's lovely and it's sort of the meaning of life but i thought how's about a room full of children and it's it turns out it's just as thrilling for me to make children laugh as adults
0: and And, you get to do those book um kind of readings much so getting them in a room full of what's the funniest thing you've ever been asked by a a little child well i was doing a book event
1: the other day and we you know we i read and we and the david roberts the illustrator does some drawings and then we we take questions about the bolts and this little girl um said excuse me but I want to know why does no one notice that if they're hyenas they've got hairy faces and wet noses I said well that's an interesting question but no one does notice you know they are their secret is safe and she wouldn't let it go she (laughs) said but I want to know why (laughs) why does no one point out that they've got paws instead of hands I said well they wear gloves why does
2: no one notice that
1: they? tales? She's going far. And I, I had to have this child removed in the end. She was ruining it for everyone else.
2: Yeah, isn't that funny? And do you sort of use your um, uh, artistic licence to, to sort of create situations that, that might appeal to the parents as well, if you know what I mean?
1: Well, there's a bit of that goes on because a lot of parents, as I understand, read these stories to their children. So you can slip in... The odd thing. I mean, I did, sometimes there are jokes there. Uh, someone came up to me and there's a sheep in one of them called Roger. And he, this parent is saying, oh, Roger the sheep. That was funny. And I'd never thought of that when I was writing. I, honestly, Not much. I hadn't, Your Honour. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, so it's quite nice to put the odd joke in for the keep the parents amused.
2: Yes, no, absolutely right. Well, that's why I've always the great success of things like those, those Pixar movies like Toy Story and stuff is that there's, you know, if you're watching it with your kids, you can really you know, there's always there's something in it for you as well, you know?
1: Yeah, and also, I think when, what happens when I'm writing these books is I regress to being a child, mm. and we've all got our inner child alive and well inside, so um, it works on different levels. Sure.
0: And how long does it take to, to write one book? I mean, you're now in your fourth, but roughly how long would it take to write each one? Um, I'm terribly quick
1: once I get in the zone, and usually I leave it to my... I've got a deadline looming, so you don't have a choice. Um... If they're 25,000 words, I write 1,000 words a day, about about a month. That's good. That is quick. That's
2: very very, uh, good concentration level as well.
1: And then what happens is I send them off to David Roberts, who does these hilarious illustrations. I forget about the book, and then it comes back. And uh, that's another thrill, seeing all these funny... You know what he thinks these foxes look like because i had my idea and mm. uh, and also now because it's the fourth book i sometimes write scenarios that i know will be funny for him to draw yeah so there's a, an otter who wants to be a nun and she <laughs> makes a wimpole out of a pillowcase and uh, <laughs> i thought that'll be fun for david to draw and
2: an otter is. that wants to be a nun that sounds quite psychedelic in its way
1: it's because um, the bolds help other animals who want to transition and live as human beings. So there's always a lot of peripheral characters yeah. who are kind of students of the bolds. And
2: do you have to have the the plot, as it were, sort of mapped out, or do you start writing and then see where it goes?
1: I start writing and see where it goes because they're all in my head now, and because they're so well formed, um, they kind of talk to you. I don't mm. know if this is normal, but I have Mr. Bold in my head saying. I know what I want to happen now, <laughs> right? And um, I say, "Oh, okay, if you insist." And um, they tell me the story as I'm writing it. Okay,
2: and a do you ch- see channeling? And do you see a kind of um, um, another medium for this story? Like, could it become a cartoon or, or maybe a movie?
1: Well, I, there's some people talking about a cartoon, um, but more likely, or more, or sooner, will be uh, a stage version, mm. and. Uh, I've written some songs which I've never done before. Oh! But I woke up. We were on holiday, and I woke up in the night with this this song for Mr. Bold in my head, and I I prodded my husband awake, and he, I said, "You better write this down." And we say, we recorded this song. So anyway, a little stage version, musical version of The Bolds is something I'd like to do.
2: That could be good. I mean, it's a massive market now, isn't it, kids' books, as, 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 as you know, as well as anybody. But, I mean, there's, there's lots of them out there. There's
1: and it's- so many. It's really a great thing because if you start children reading when they're young, whatever happens in life, you can always escape in a book. And when I grew up, there was Enid Blyton or Swallows and Amazons. Yeah. I don't remember a great deal of choice. No. Now it's fantastic
2: I moved on to the sort of pan book of horrors when I was about eight or nine. Did, I just, did you, read, I just true, read horror stories for about four years.
1: True crime.
2: Yeah, it was all that kind of stuff, <laughs> yeah. But my, I've got a 14-year-old son who now uh, refuses to read books on the grounds that he doesn't read books. And so we're having, we're having a bit of a struggle with him. But, uh, but I shall try and, uh, and impress upon him that he should have a look at these.
1: Yes, well, he'll probably regret it. Well, I don't know. He might just be being, being sulky and secretly reading. He is reading. It's, it's harder for boys, though.
0: I've got two boys, and I yeah. do think it's harder than the girls seem to be all stuck in their noses in a book and they're loving the the whole thing. It's harder to get boys. to Is that up, true, for Julie? I mean, do you no, find that boys
2: read more than girls of your books?
1: Well, I did, but I didn't have any friends when I was growing up, so um, <laughs> I had to <laughs> I had to do something with my time, and uh, I started write, uh, reading. Um, really long books like uh, Thomas Hardy, Tess of the D'Urberville. I like to... God, that's depressing, isn't it? Well, it has its ups and downs. (laughs) Um, But I liked books that you could get completely lost in for a long time.
2: Mm, Right. And so um, are you... How far ahead are you in... I mean, how far will this go, do you think? Is is there 10 books in it, maybe even more?
1: Well, I, I think I've got all these stories swimming round in my head until the public start a petition to stop me writing them <laughs> i'll carry on
2: indeed well i mean there's probably many stories still left untold from the from the wilds of teddington i would imagine
1: i know well i've written the next one the bolds funny you should say that the bolds go wild Ooh. where grandma bold comes to visit from africa right and uh, much hilarity ensues um so, yes, they're why not? They can go on and on.
2: Yeah, well, tremendous. And they're out, I believe, I think, in the next couple of days, the new one, isn't it?
1: No, it's today's publication. Oh, was it today? Ah, For the congratulations. Yeah.
2: Um, so, so it yes. shows you what I don't know is going on. I saw 6th of September and I didn't realise it was already the 6th of September.
1: Yes, are you heavily medicated?
2: No, I think I should be, though. (laughs) There are those who would suggest that it's a good idea. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well,
1: now you know. It's the 6th of September today.
2: Right, good. So it's all good bookshops, Amazon and all the rest of it?
1: All of that. And there's a Bold's website, which I'll just say... Please do. ...because I've been asked to, theboldsbooks.co.
0: I'm going to have a good look. Yeah. So I think my boys might like this. Sounds funny. Lots of jokes
1: and things on there. It's not suitable for your 14-year-old... He's probably reading something from the top shelf. He probably is,
0: yeah. <laughs> These I are to think.
1: seven to ten-year-olds. Yes.
0: Perfect. I've so got That's a nine-year-old at home. It's perfect. perfect. There you are. Great.
1: Tremendous.
2: Well, Julian, listen. thank you very
0: much Lovely for, uh, to speak to you. Uh,
2: for coming on. And we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Lovely. Thank you very much. Okay, take care. Julian Clary.